Your truth. Let's talk about that. I'm sure you've heard about critical theory or more likely you've heard about critical race theory. It's um, all the rage right now, or maybe I should say that it's, it's causing a lot of rage right now. It's on the lips of those people who are protesting and rioting. It's been all over Twitter. It showed itself in some executive orders from the White House. It was talked about this last week at the first presidential debate, and it is causing a lot of confusion for a lot of people. And this critical theory or its subcategories uh, like critical race theory, they are connected to this idea of your truth. I remember the first time that I heard someone talking about this concept of your truth. It was before Oprah's impassioned Golden Globe speech, but your truth really came to the forefront right around the time of her speech. And it has been somewhat mimetic ever since. Now, what's fascinating to me is that in the same paragraph that Oprah spoke about the importance and power of your truth, she said this, I want to thank the Hollywood Foreign Press Association because we all know that the press is under siege these days. We also know that it's the insatiable dedication to uncovering absolute truth that keeps us from turning a blind eye to corruption and injustice. Now, let me be clear. You cannot be committed to absolute truth, which I would agree with Oprah that it has the power to keep us from turning a blind eye to corruption and injustice. But you you can't be committed, committed to absolute truth while also at the same time exalting the importance and power of your truth, individual truths. Now, maybe you've heard of the term the correspondence theory of truth before. Correspondence theory of truth, it, it goes back as far as the classical Greek philosophers in ancient Greece. And I would suggest that much of what we enjoy in Western culture, things like science and technology and medicine and all the like, they have direct connections to this correspondence theory of truth. Now, the basic gist of correspondence theory is that truth is that which accords with reality. In other words, the validity of an idea or statement is determined by how it relates to the world and whether it accurately describes the universe. Now, I would think you would probably agree that it's very, very important to have our truths accord with reality, our ideas of what is true has to align with the things that we see in the physical world. But there are truths beyond things having to do with just physical reality. Just as there are physical and scientific truths, there are also moral truths. But how can we determine what moral truths are, what these moral truths, an objective moral standard, how do we really come to an idea of what is true truth as it relates to right and wrong and morals? And this gets down to what has been debated amongst philosophers for centuries having to do with something that is called the is-ought problem. Sometimes it's referred to as the is-ought problem. We know what is, that is, those things that accord with reality, 
what are physical truths, but how do we jump from what is to what ought to be? How do we move from facts to values? As I said, this has been debated for centuries. It's most often associated with the Scottish philosopher David Hume, but it's still debated in our day as it was in a nearly 10 hour long debate between the atheistic philosopher and neuroscientist Sam Harris and clinical psychologist and professor Jordan Peterson just a few years ago. So how do we square this circle of moving from facts to values, moving from what is to what ought to be? Well, I want to suggest to you that just as there is a correspondence theory of truth relating to the physical world, there also needs to be a correspondence theory of truth relating to things like ethics and morals and values. So when we talk about truth, goodness, and beauty, we've got to be able to determine what is aesthetically beautiful and what is morally good, just as we can determine what is physically true in the physical universe. And we, we need some form of correspondence theory for moral and beautiful truths, just as we have it for physical truths in science and so forth. So how, how do we do this? Well, I think that Paul, the apostle, gives us some sort of an indication in his letter to Titus. As he opens his letter to Titus, he begins with these words, Paul, a servant of God and an apostle of Jesus Christ, according to the faith of God's elect and the acknowledgement of the truth which accords with godliness. Paul talks about the acknowledgement of the truth that accords with godliness. Human beings can only advance scientifically, technologically, medically, as we subject our ideas and our hypotheses to the realities of the world as it is. This goes back to that whole correspondence theory of truth. And we will experience the abundant and full life as image bearers of God only so far as we subject our ideologies and philosophies and worldviews to an objective standard of righteousness and godliness. Just as physical and scientific truths are right only so far as they accord to reality, moral truths, the oughts of life, are only right as they accord with an objective standard of what is morally good or godly. And as we look at the world around us, as we consider all the things that are happening in our culture here in the West today, I think that this is something very important for us to meditate upon as you have your coffee this morning. We'll see you next time.